What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the One Deeper Podcast. This week, I speak to Dr. Daniel Elton, a physicist who later transitioned gracefully into the field of AI, medical imaging. Uh, we talk about the intricacies of AI development, the challenges in the field of AI, specifically medical imaging AI. You know, we talk about some physics, um, energy generation, technology and all the ways that human beings have been trying to improve our lives yeah it was a really wide-ranging interesting conversation i hope you enjoyed thanks for tuning in catch you again next time Like okay, I have a bunch. I have a bunch of notes to talk about, but like, first of all, your blog is awesome. Um, like oh, every post, you. every post is in, like I, I feel like every post. Every post, so I was just going through a collection of your his, like a historical posts and all that stuff. I feel like ev- we could just spend an entire episode on just like one of your posts. Be like, okay, let's talk about. Uh, academic fraud or let's talk about <laughs> um, discovering yeah. new molecules for explosives like like all like we could go on and on but um do you like do you just want to say a few words about uh, like what you're up to now and like how you what you do and you know where you started and, like you know this general introduction okay sure yeah. yeah well thank you for the um compliment on my blog um i'm trying to blog more now um and my goal is um, about one post a week, so I'm trying to learn how Damn, to get it Damn, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the blog is uh, supposed to be focused sort of on how to improve science and technology. Yeah. And uh, But I've also written about other topics as well, like long COVID and different things. Um, but yeah, my, my background is originally in physics, um, that was quite a while ago now, uh, but I uh, did a PhD in physics, which I finished in 2016. And then I, I had gotten kind of burned out with that. Um, so I decided to switch into AI and machine learning and uh, ended up getting into AI for medical imaging after nice. you know, first first I did AI for molecules, yeah. Yeah. and then I did a and then I got into AI for medical imaging. Yeah, we can get into this. I like do. I have a bunch yeah. of notes I want to talk to you about, like uh, medical, Im- like mm-hmm. the hypes and all the, I have uh, all the things I want to talk about. But uh, <laughs> yeah. just for, just just for everyone to know how I sort of stumbled into your work and like just to, to, to get a chance to talk to you was because. Um, so, so I guess the connecting point was probably David Deutsch, and I. So I started out. I, I started with, of course, first reading um, the beginning of beginning of Infinity, and that book was like. At first, I was like, 
either like like either either this makes no sense or like i'm just not understanding what's going on in this book <laughs> and then so it, it it was a little hard to read but every time i with every with every passing page and every passing chapter i was like oh damn like this is uh, like it was so hope that the best thing i got from that was like hope like it, it gave me so much hope in the sense that like things can and will continue to get better if we just Mm. have the right framework and the way of approaching problems and how, and how we how we conceptualize ourselves as humans right like what is it that we do in terms of solving problems continuously but um anyway we, we, yeah. uh, that's a whole other whole other thing anyway so i w- wrote this paper um for my classes about uh, so so actually you know what can we take a step back and just like talk about what a good explanation is Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, uh yeah, that that's so that comes directly from the beginning of infinity by David Deutsch. And uh he he's he says, you know, a good explanation has reach, which means it not only accounts for like the data that you have, but it can make predictions for, but regarding future data. So basically, it's like the ability to extrapolate um, so bad explanation would be something that is just tailor fit to whatever data you have. Um, you know, like the stereotypical example would be like some kind of regression fitting or having a bunch of like heuristic rules in medicine. Right. Um, whereas a good explanation is, gets deeper into the fundamental. Yeah actual in my opinion it gets into the actual reality of nature right and so therefore it, it because it's getting into the actual reality of um what's going on it can make predictions about what can happen in the future in different situations exactly so the so the example that i wrote about was um, the difference between using linear regression to predict where a, an asteroid will appear in the sky versus uh, trying to understand the equations given by Kepler, let's say, for the laws of planetary motion and how things expo- how things behave, and uh, and is it uh, and is it correct? In, am, I, am I correct in saying that essentially uh, the David Deutsch um, slash Popper um, the philosophy is that science progresses by iteratively, like I- in an evolutionary fashion, going from worse explanation to better explanation to better explanation is that yes absolutely um and getting getting having theories that get more and more general and more encompassing as time goes on yeah so i I, I actually told some some of my friends about this the other day it was pretty interesting like you know if you Take about if you if you're like if you're like on Earth, right? And, and you want to know how gravity works, just on Earth, right? You, and you that's all you see, and you have Newton's uh, uh, explanations or New- Newton's laws, and if you like, the predictions that w- that Newton's laws would make would make, and the predictions that say Einstein's uh, equations would make, are pretty much identical, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. but underneath the exp- what it explains about the ho- whole of the universe is very very different like the implications of the two 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 explanations are very different mm-hmm. so th- 
the picture it's kind the of picture like is different. Like, picture like, of how gravity like, exactly, operates exactly. Is different. Yeah, it, like it, yes. it's such a it's it, it, it's such a huge shift. Like like in the local scale, mm-hmm. the, let's let's say let's say you you just want to predict where a ball will fall or whatever, right? How the motion will work. In the local scale, it might be the difference between the two might be like point oh 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 zero 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 one difference, right? So mm-hmm. you're like ah, you know, whatever, same deal. But then you talk, you're saying, wait a minute. One predicts black holes, when the yeah. other is like other, other, the other wouldn't. Just so it's very interesting. Um, this idea of a good explanation, which is what brought mm-hmm. me into this whole machine learning thing, right? Because yeah. as we all know, uh, like the hype is pretty. Like, I want to ask you this. As I, I, I mean, I've been asking people generally, like. I so the, my intuition for the whole paper was that like I don't think we can learn our way to a, a knowledge creating machine, like that is uh-huh. sort of my, like my intuition. I don't know how good of this, but like that was based on the idea that like okay, so based on what I read and based on this, based on the problems with inductivism, and I, my entire conception of machine learning is just automated induct I, I, induction. Is that how wrong is mm-hmm. that? I don't know how wrong that is, but like. Um. Yeah. That's that seems right. I mean, there may be. Uh, a few. Minor edge cases where it, it something else might happen, like in the large language models. But but I'd say like ninety nine percent of it is just brute force, induction. Yeah, and then yeah. the fact that they fail. And this, if you use it like, like, like for example, you know, one of the one of the examples people use whenever I talk about this is like, oh, you know, like this game can this uh, AI can play can play pong or not pong like Dota or even more. I'm like, yeah, but you move that mm-hmm. thing, move the paddle a little bit, or you change the character. That thing can't it couldn't get out of a box. Like it doesn't make it. Yeah, like, it doesn't can't it can't generalize that like that. Yeah. Well, I want to say a couple things actually about that. Um, you know, um, I wrote a paper in uh, 2020 about the explainable AI, and yeah. I gave a number of examples of how even really state-of-the-art systems were very brittle, mm. like the like the Atari um, deep reinforcement learning system from uh, DeepMind. That that was actually a very brittle system that would just break if you changed the paddle or anything right. yeah. on the on the display. But but actually, I think that um, these large language models, because and like GPT four, because they're trained on so much data, they actually are not quite as brittle. Mm. Um, and I think we have to acknowledge that. But um, at the same time, like they 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 aren't fundamentally different so i think it's i think it's people um people feel like that it's a big like change and now we we're like we've got agi (laughs) but it's really just the same it's 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 the same sort of uh induction approach where you're you're mostly just um interpolating between data that you saw and that that the model saw in the training set and First, also, like, um, sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry, but, but there ahead. are some, I have to say, like, there are some things where it can generalize. So in particular, there's the grokking mm-hmm. where the, the large, a large language model could actually learn a, a general algorithm. So for instance, um, like addition, 
or yeah. um, especially like uh, mul- like uh, addition modulo some number or multiplica- uh, multiplication modulo some number like it it can actually learn how to do that um, exactly so therefore it can generalize to you know any oh, number any inputs yeah but th- and, and so people um, people have gotten really excited about the grokking phenomenon because then they 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 think that it's learning general rules now um and um that's true but if you look at it more carefully it's 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 very limited so it's not these models haven't learned for instance um multiplication um or division they've just learned right simpler arithmetical operations and I think I I theorize that the grokking is pretty limited by the architecture. Um, so yeah, actually, I also uh, read the yeah, paper some, recently. Sorry, yeah, yeah. but paper, I think paper. we have to acknowledge that that is a that is a thing. Yeah, and uh, so um, it it's it is a case where it's learning a general algorithm. So when people say AGI. Like I've 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 tried to I've tried to uh, zero in on a definition of this, but it seems to be quite elusive. Uh, what do you have in mind when when you say AGI? Like what? Like I I have a very specific definition. Mm-hmm. I think for me, AGI. This is like actually something one of my friends like I, I didn't think about it until one of my friends told me. An AGI is a machine that can generate new knowledge, as far mm-hmm. as he's concerned. And I was like, oh, that's actually pretty interesting what do you think what, like would you have like a like i, I read your post about the <laughs> whole De- davos thing that was pretty funny <laughs> um well i, I uh the uh, the what no, thing the, the the what's it this the the, the moonshot the agi moonshot post? oh yes yes that, that was, was in uh davos switzerland in 2018 yeah so um i i i uh I don't think there can be any system that is like the ultimate learning algorithm that just is like the best at everything. Yeah. Um, because there's a, there's this thing called the no free lunch theorem. Um, right. But, um, AGI, you want to, you for want me, what I can is? tell you just, just for me. Yeah, yeah. For me, it just means being able to, to, succeed and do uh perform well on a large number of tasks at you know some at a human level or higher so i i don't really have i don't really like try to make a very specific definition um i just i just think that's sort of the general definition that a lot of people use yeah um and um so that that seems like a reasonable definition what about um, I know some, think... some, yeah some people they they try to um uh I I I also well I also like uh Francois Chalet's uh definition of intelligence which is like the ability to um uh how does he say it it's the it's the ability to um adapt to um new environments or um 
he he has a particular way way of you phrasing want, you it. Want me like, to look it up? I can look it up. Well, yeah, if you look if you look at his yeah, his, his paper, the measure of intelligence, it's it's like um, the uh, it's like skill. I remember now. It's skill acquisition efficiency. So what he means by that is the way you measure intelligence is the how quickly you can adapt to new problem domains, basically. Mm. And so I think a general intelligence or AGI, it can adapt to new problems that it's never seen before or new problem settings. Now, like I said, it can't go too far because there's no the no free lunch theorem. Yeah, could, but, you, could, you, could you explain yeah. what that is? Well, I'm not really an expert on that, but that's something that Francois Chalet talks about. And it basically says that... Um, there, there was this, this theorem proved by this guy. I think his name was like David Wolpert. And it, it basically said that if you consider all possible um, problems that, that you could um, define um, algorithmically, like um, there's no, uh, if, if you take any algorithm and you test it on all of the different problems, uh, they all get around the same, um, they're all like, they all do oh, equally for yeah, once yeah, you yeah, test on everything. So like yeah. you could, yeah. So, so basically there's no single master algorithm that can just solve everything. Right. And then that's kind of intuitive, right? Yeah. Like, um, but how, but, but so like, you know, I'm sure the yeah. first thing people did when they, when some, I mean, not first thing, but like someone out there probably when GPT came out was like trying to get them to, uh, can you come up with a novel theory that'll, that'll help us answer like gravity and, and re resolve gravity and like quantum mechanics and, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but like yeah. that's, that, so why isn't it, so I tried this, okay. And it kept giving yeah. me the same stuff about quantum gravity and like uh, all these other things. Mm. But I, mm -hmm. what I wanted was some new, something new, like a, a new piece of right. new knowledge. For me, that's I feel like that's really important. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, well, that's hard for that's um, that's kind of what Ch Francois Chalet is getting at is the ability to solve new problems that are that are pretty different from things you've solved before. And um, and then the, the other the other way of um, stating it is like, uh, you know, create create having creativity. Yeah. Um, do, you think, do, do you think they have creativity? It's not, it's like, not really like, clear how humans come up with new theories. Yeah, exactly. Like so how a couple of questions. Of so a couple of questions. It could just be random, like, poking around in the dark. Yeah. Um, or it could be something that's more, um, you know, more of a uh, logical process. I don't think we really know. So a couple of questions. So how, like, so this is, this is a good segue into something that I want to talk about. So how important do you think it is for us to understand how we do these things? How, like how the human brain human brain is creative, how mm -hmm. it comes up with new ideas, how it you know seemingly uh, generalizes across dis across distributions. Like I I think is it's pretty, it's pretty I think it's essential because um Essentially, um, uh, you know, I, I think that that the um, 
if we're going to get AGI or or you know improve AI beyond the current paradigm, it's probably helpful to look at the the brain. So that's one <laughs> because the, 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 humans, the one, the one can yeah the one existence proof we have we should probably mm -hmm. understand how that works. Exactly, um, and then the other thing is. Um, uh, I think I think you need uh, need to f have good um, epistemology or or you know um, theories of knowledge under understanding like w how uh, knowledge is is generated and yeah um, I, but that's that's a little bit separate from how the brain works because the 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 way the brain works, it may not always be um, the best from from an epistemological point of view. Mm. Or yeah, there's, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know. I, I know. Yeah. I, like this is good. Like the, the also like, uh, you know, the 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 title of your blog more is different. I actually actually read the mm -hmm. paper that you got that you uh, used the uh, you as a title because like I spent a whole month uh, trying to like because I I did my thesis on. Uh, Using complex systems analysis on video games, uh, video uh, on coordination in video games, like the implicit mm -hmm. coordination that happens inside of video games, that are like playing multiplayer games. Um, and I spent a whole month, like last month, just like reading some of the, like, the seminal, seminal papers in this. So you know, you, like you spend a lot of time in physics, right? Like you understanding the physical world. Um, like. What is there in the laws of quantum mechanics that tell that that gives you any hint about how intelligence shows up? Like, this is see. I mean, yeah. obviously, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. Really. <laughs> I'm just asking yeah. in general because it's very. I don't think there's anything really yeah. in because uh, because like you can't like it's hard to even go from quantum mechanics to something like you know the basic properties of a material like we we don't even know like how to how to calculate like um super you know whether material is going to be superconducting or whether it will um say uh you know strength material for instance it, it's very hard to actually even just figure that out so then <laughs> going another level or or like um so then going another level to predicting how biological systems would would function just based on quantum mechanics from first principles, I think that would be, you know, extremely difficult. So that's why we have um, higher level theories like chemistry, and then um, you know models of like how neurons work and stuff. So yeah, what what is <laughs> that's the, the whole what, point what, of what that is the appropriate? Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, more is different. The whole point yeah, of that paper yeah. was that. There's multiple exactly. levels of um, science. Yeah, and they all should and they all should, and they all should uh, be considered like a found, like a fundamental, like like uh, not fundamental, they're all, but yeah, like, I, they're all like they're all like at their own level they provide theoretical explanations. They're all they should. He was kind of pushing against the idea that some science areas of science are like better than others because yeah, they're yeah. more <laughs> fundamental. Yeah. 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 There, 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 there is a sense in which physics is more fundamental, but it doesn't mean that it's like better than bi chemistry or biology. Yeah. Um, yeah, because 
just because you know physics doesn't mean all of a sudden you know all of chemistry and biology. Yeah, isn't that isn't they're, that weird? They're each fundamental that, that's weird, in their right? own. Yeah, that's. I find that really. Weird. Yeah, it is, it is kind of weird. It, I mean, it's the, um, it's the, uh, it's just the surprising um, idea of emergent complexity. It's it's always like very surprising. Yeah. So like um, like 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 when, yeah. like, when I, like when I tell someone like at the at the atomic scale we are mostly made up made up of space, like empty space, mm-hmm. and they're like. What do you mean? I'm like, yeah, that's mostly what <laughs> that's that's mostly what you are. I'm like, that's 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 weird. Like, no, like this this yep. multi scale this multi scale this multi scale organization is pretty strange. Mm-hmm. And and at each scale, something something qualitatively uh, weird happens. And then we don't understand yeah. what exactly happens in. At and that where level. I tend to think intelligence is um, occurring at. Uh, you know, a kind of it's uh, um, high scale of um, where you have certain um, neurological or uh, computer systems that yeah. that are processing information. But I, I guess it could happen. At, I guess it could be hap- It could be happening at at um, smaller scales. Um, but that's not. The way the way it seems to have evolved is, you know, out of biology. So I, I don't really, I don't know. I don't see. <laughs> I, I I just think empirically, it's at the it's at the higher scales. But um, theoretically, it maybe you could have an intelligent system that um, worked using, um, you know, um, just electrons and 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 photons or or you know. Um, inside a you know atomic nucleus or who, who knows yeah. <laughs> who knows <laughs> yeah okay I don't know. all right so okay anyway. so yeah so like on so you know i'm just like you know i'm just trying to like just trying to read about read, read up on as much as possible about the, your work and what you've been up to and like so mm-hmm. you know, i don't waste the opportunity to talk to you but um so like on your blog is like one of your motivations is that you want to how can the, one of the motivation one of the motivating motivating questions for you is how can we accelerate progress in science and technology and this is something so you know like my friends and i we're trying to we, we, we we've sort of like we've we've been grappling with this problem of how can we be how can so given so we both so several of us we've come to the conclusion that human beings are the baseline is that human beings are valuable and good and we should try to uh, do what we can to make us flourish here and then beyond this planet and whatever else we need needs to happen um mm-hmm. it's weird to me it's like so i'm from a, i'm from like a you know i'm from a very small country i'm from, I'm from sri lanka origin originally and you know like it's so weird because when i was growing up we sort of got everything from the west but you know with like a five to five to ten year lag so mm-hmm. like you know, I'd be watching you know like fucking Baywatch and like you know Nitroid and shit when it's like you know way 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 later like the new things have happened by the time I've seen it, um, and weirdly like one thing that, that I sort of was I mean maybe this sort of came up a little bit later but this sort of it, it feels like the socially acceptable position lately is to think of humanity as a problem and a 
like a like a basically a virus that's just like eating up the rest of rest of exist like the world and the universe and then people think uh-huh. you know like yeah we'll just we'll just multiply and then consume the universe and then like turn <laughs> everything into garbage and I'm like yeah. what like this is this this seems ridiculous to me and uh i don't know like it, it, it seems like the prevailing sort of mm. normative state right now which is kind of kind of sad yeah um there's there's a, so there's there's yeah there's a general um uh like consensus among a lot of intellectuals that the world it has hasn't really been getting better and if anything it's it's getting worse over time due that's, to so overpopulation for me change. like for me for someone come from yeah. like Sri Lanka I'm like that's ridiculous uh-huh. like things are <laughs> things that yeah. that's, that's that's like a preposterous claim because like that's that's not what my life experience has been like things have been getting better mm-hmm. at a ridiculous like 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 my life compared to my grandparents life is like not even not because I moved to the Netherlands but like even compared to, like to my parents at home it's just like a huge huge like step changes in uh our well-being and our like overall just but anyway sorry you were going i i got I, I, yeah I no i i i yeah i i i i that that sounds right i mean um but uh peop i think um you know a lot of intellectuals it it sounds smart to to say oh it's you know not we're not actually progressing uh because of xyz and things were actually you know if you study history things were actually have always been going up and down and blah blah but yeah. um there there's an article i saw it's i think it's it's called why pessimism sounds smart <laughs> <laughs> um i don't remember the whole thing but that's that's worth reading um this is actually interesting yeah, cuz yeah. yeah i was telling i was telling one of, I was telling one of, one of my friends the other mm-hmm. day cuz like 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 it seemed to me that like it doesn't take that much effort to be a pessimist or like or, or be extra extra cautious or like be you know cuz that seems the i don't mm. know that i have this feeling that like you have to be a little more intelligent <laughs> not intelligent but like you have to say you have to say, say some smarter things if you want to and so as far as i can tell a human being reacts to change as default as something scary or like like it has to you have to sort of it has to be sort of proven that this change is good like change by default it's like okay this it's very it's very conservative in that sense like this works so let's keep it this way and then any anything that deviates from the norm whether it's like good or bad it's easy, the default setting feels like it's to be let's be cautious about this it's kind of how we're like mm-hmm. new like you know if you if you take an animal out of its normal environment put it up somewhere new first thing it does is freeze like okay stop yep <laughs> yeah peep 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 risk change is is inherently uh you know scary for people but how but how did I, we I lose think, lose uh, how did you mm-hmm. think we so. got to the place where we lose lost faith in ourselves and and in our ability to make the technology that we need to like make this game um, for everybody. Yeah, I'm not uh, so <laughs> I'm not really an expert in that, but I I think that I think that the the world wars he had a huge impact. Right. Um if you look if you look at like the 1920s uh or if you look at the late 1800s um 
there was a lot of optimism about science and technology. Mm. Um, they had been just starting to implement electricity and electrify houses and, and put electric lights in, in and electric motor um, electric motors and all that. And there was a lot of optimism. Um, but then I think a lot of that was shattered during the First World War. Mm. Um, and... And then, uh, basically, um, uh, the second, and then the Second World War, obviously, and um, kind of, uh, I, I, I think though, I think those had a, a major impact. And then people were um, looking at technology as um sort of a double-edged sword and right. that sort of thing um so i think that has a lot to do with it i think we and then there was sort also the uh environmentalist movement in the 1960s um which kind of saw technology as a like linked with corporate corp big corporations and government Right. So they were kind of very anti-authoritative, authoritarian, uh, or anti-authoritarian, uh, or yeah. against yeah. Um, you know um, big companies, big government, which I think is is fine in some sense. But they saw they saw technology as um, part of that, yeah, so they is, became anti-technology. Yeah, so weird, even like, though the technology is not necessarily um authoritarian yeah exactly. and then, no, uh, no. so so i think those were those of those movements uh like the, the environmental movement and um some of the uh like postmodern movements and stuff that came out after world war ii i think those are those are very influential now still right yeah like it's so interesting it's, it's so weird because like you know from like for us from in sri lanka like technology is like lifeblood you know it's like we've like mm -hmm. like once we started like learning and, and, and adopting working practices like and i mean technology in every sense in terms of like actual physical technology to cognitive like ways of thinking like technology like you know like hey this is how we mm -hmm. should do things this is how we should structure things this is how a business should run this is how we call, like you know this is how we should do these things like you know this i i think i think is also the idea this whole uh, i think uh, david Deutsch also mentioned this, this whole spaceship earth idea right uh -huh. where it's like where it's like oh it's, the earth is this beautiful little bubble that's like perfect for human life it takes good care of us and i'm like what are you talking about like you have like like I have been in nature, I have been around. I've spent like my, most of my family and like my my great my great grandparents' parents spend their most of their life trying to stop nature from killing them, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and that's kind of our history, like our, our inheritance. And now it's like, oh no, I think I don't know, man. People need some people need to get outside and like try to actually survive. It's pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> especially with all the you know all the diseases that that um, that have been, we've had we've we've, yeah. we've we've actually eradicated some of the worst ones. Yeah, um, you know like uh, smallpox, and, um, and, and we're 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 on the road now to to potentially eradicating malaria. So it's yeah, amazing. Like, I, I it's agree amazing. Hundred um, percent. And like, and, and, and I was telling I was telling somebody like the other day. I'm like, you know, 
if you just so we have we have a forest next to uh, next to our campus beautiful forest it's awesome like you know it's great walking it's um, it's fantastic but i was like there's almost nothing in there for you i was like look there's almost nothing in here that's edible for you like you can't mm. just eat these plants like the plants you find in the grocery store are very specific plants <laughs> like you can't just wander into uh-huh. the woods and expect to survive it's just that's just not how it works right <laughs> and yeah <laughs> but, um uh, and and our yeah. technology enables all these things to happen right so what do you mm-hmm. think like like so actually how how like do you still like keep up with like physics or like are you done with that entirely like are you just um honestly not really i i left physics in 2016 and haven't really done much stuff related to physics since then um occasionally i learn about you know some of the new medical scanning technologies and stuff like that which right. involves a little bit but not not really and um Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, so in terms of in terms it's of it's a little bit sad but <laughs> Yeah. No, it's okay. Um, I just I'm just curious yeah, I'm, like Yeah, I'm, I'm really my expertise is really more in AI now. Yeah, I'm just curious cuz like I was just wondering like what what fundamental things in physics like you know mm-hmm. what fundamental like a new problems need to be solved in physics that could like you know unlock like stuff for us like energy in terms of like as far as I can honestly, tell Honestly, yeah. 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 Honestly, I'm more excited about about engineering um yeah. and um so you think yeah, there's, like, there's, like, there's a <laughs> lot, lot there's a lot left to be done with the laws we know already of how to work yeah like creating fusion fusion energy yeah um that would lower the cost of a lot of things like creating clean drinking water yeah desalination um transport of goods even construction like we could probably construct tunnels and bridges and stuff a lot cheaper with cheaper energy yeah we had a lot cheaper like we had basically had free electricity unlimited uh, energy yeah so i think fusion would be huge i think that is is totally possible it's just an engineering what about problem. like so i mean uh, um, yeah like i, I read basically. like I, i think it was last year where they, like was like sometime mid last year where they did the first uh, fusion thing and It's, I mean, it's very far from making it commercial, obviously. But like, yeah. Uh, what about fission? Like, it's still like you think you don't think that 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 part's viable. Um. Well, yeah. As far as fusion, there there was the um, there was the um, the laser uh, yeah. test. I forget what was that called. The um, the Department of Energy did something, right? Like they 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 did something with the. I got remember I just vaguely yeah, remember reading about it's this. Like I think it's called ballistic fusion. Uh it was it was at the National Ignition Facility. But that that was a little bit overhyped because it was uh it's not really scalable and they had to put he- way more energy in than, than, than they, they got, got out. out. Yeah, yeah. But there there's a lot of fusion startups now. Um there's one What, in particular really? called Oh yeah, in the United States there's a whole, a number. There's there's one called Helion which Sam Altman has invested in. Of course. And they ha- and um there's another one called Tri Alpha Energy that um has been going a while. So damn. Yeah, there's a lot of the fusion is there's a lot of things happening. It's probably still like 10 years away, but that what, that, that what, would be what, huge. What 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 like what what, what um, are the pros of fusion as opposed to, to traditional fission based nuclear energy? Um 
Well, it's 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 way cheaper. So really? Vision is oh yeah, yeah. Wait, what? In theory, yeah. Vision <laughs> oh. people think that vision or is is like cheap because you don't need a whole lot of uranium, yeah. right? You, you, it doesn't require a lot of fuel. Um but it's actually quite expensive um, to build the plants because of all the safety regulations. And then it's very expensive to um, process the, the spent fuel right. and um, figure out how to um, dispose of it. So when you do all the numbers, like it, it's, it's, um, it's not cheaper than like wind or, or, um, hydro the wind oh, and okay. hydro the wind power hydropower the cheapest nuclear i don't is 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 actually um i if i remember correctly it's it's um it's it's around the same as maybe solar or maybe even a little more so oh, really okay yeah it's it but it could be in theory it could be a lot cheaper um, especially if we, um, if we, uh, if we utilize some of the, 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 um, byproducts, like there's, there's this idea of a breeder reactor that, that would actually, um, uh, recycle some of the, some of the fuel. So the uranium, oh, nice. it gets, the uranium gets turned into like plutonium and then a lot of other uh, elements, right? And so in a breeder reactor, like that would get reused. So, 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 so fusion, fusion is is inherently safe, right? Like, and because the runaway mm -hmm. can't happen, it just sort of just like stops working if it's, if, it's, if something if something goes wrong. Yeah, basically. yeah. So it's say it's it's. I mean, I think fission is super safe too. Yeah. I think the main the main argument for fusion is it's just soup. It's it, really cheap because basically it, all you need to put in is is like hydrogen or deuterium or maybe tritium um and uh yeah yeah that would be amazing like and, honestly and, like and, i am and like there's no like you don't have to process the waste or or anything like that so yeah i mean but like as a as a as a let's say a stopgap between let's say look we don't want to burn keep burning coal right like this is obviously mm -hmm. a bad idea right like yeah like like you know like i like I'm not. I'm not. For example, I'm not like a. Okay. For like, for example, okay. So while people were, so people in Af like like people in Africa or even like parts of India and like parts of poor countries where I'm parts of poor like even like the, the really poor people from where I'm from, like we're just trying to go from burning, uh, freaking burning cow manure in our in like in little things in our living room. So that to go from that to get like to get from to, to go from that to like natural gas, right? So that so so that uh, mm -hmm. we can actually breathe in our houses and like uh, we we're not burning like mm -hmm. fire out of this thing. And you know, while people were like pe people want people were also advocating, oh, we should help poor people like get money, you know, rich and all this stuff. They were also mm -hmm. protesting. Uh, protesting against like donations that would help people in Africa actually get natural ga gas instead of like burning shit in their living room and getting cancer, right? So mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not saying this. I'm not like uh, like uh, just from a purely from like a you know 
a carbon balance perspective like yeah we shouldn't be putting pumping carbon into the atmosphere that was I- already in uh, stored underground right that's a right. that's a bad idea like but as a stopgap i feel like fission should have been the like we should have like be really been like yo like l- this is clearly makes more sense uh-huh. but that's that 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 has that didn't happen which is kind of sad i mean obviously because the whole nuclear we mm-hmm. didn't like we really didn't come into nuclear the best possible way you know like we came in <laughs> first with explosions outside then you're like yeah let's uh, you know why don't we build a power plant out of this uh yeah that that that's um yeah that's that's kind of i mean technically the the fission pile came first but but yeah the the what happened was what the public saw was the nuclear weapons yeah, exactly the one the, and then what, what the, what the public power. saw first yeah what the and public so saw the first the two got conflated especially by the environmentalists yeah um who and, and even to this day there's a widespread misconception of like at least like 10 years ago there was a survey that showed like 70% of people thought that a nuclear power plant could explode like a nuclear bomb so there's a widespread like fear of nuclear power partly because yeah. of um conflation with the nuclear weapons um so that's always been an issue um there's also like but but i think you bring up an interesting point of why why don't we encourage um developing nations to use nuclear um i think that that makes a lot of sense yeah. Um the only thing is you ha- it, it we we have to figure out how to make it a little bit cheaper I think. Um there's um the last I checked you know, India if and China you look at like so, so if you look at like the navy the navy the United States navy does not have the same regulations as the nuclear power industry so like when they put a nuclear reactor in a submarine they don't have to follow the same regulations as a nuclear power plant. And so those modular reactors are way, way cheaper. Oh, They're okay. like several million dollars for, for a reactor that will power a submarine. So I think that shows, and they've, they've never had an accident with one of those. So I think that shows that nuclear power could be a lot cheaper. Right, 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 right. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, 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 and this unnecessary fear drives the cost because it makes regulations much more stringent, much more cross prohibitive. Um, yeah. But that being said, exactly. like countries like India and China has seem to have no no problem with any of this. They're like, let's just go build some. So, so there are quite a few plants coming up, and then I checked recently. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm like, fine. Yeah. Like, 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 you know, yeah. you know, like what really pisses me off is like, so like, um, it's like okay, so let me get this straight. The Western countries, you guys can use coal and oil for the past two hundred, three hundred years, get get rich as fuck, and then we want to do the same thing. And you're like, nah, you know what? You probably shouldn't. I'm like, okay, fine. Then give us an alternative. Like, let us like let us yeah. we have to like let us catch up. You know, the best thing we can do like the, you want you if you want people to to care about the environment, the best thing you can do is to get them rich, like get mm-hmm. like. You know, my uh, like common sight for me when I was back home, looking out my window, is like trash fire, trash fire, trash fire, trash fire, trash fire. Like, mm. this is not good. <laughs> you know, yeah, we need to, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> we need to solve uh, this problem. But you know, yeah, no, I, I, mean, I, I agree, hundred yeah. yeah. percent. But but 
but I'm hopeful. Like I think, I think, I think, I think human beings are capable, and uh, and I think we will like, we will, like you know I, I get I get I get some flag for being a what's it called a tech some what's the word uh, tech tech no 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 tech bro, but like a like a uh-huh. there's there's a word for this like uh, someone the word, who's like the someone word I who's, use is. Tech, yeah. techno optimist but yeah someone who's uh, overly 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 uh confident in technology's ability to solve problems i'm like dude that but the thing is uh-huh. that's all we've ever had like that's how we've solved uh-huh. all of our problems like wh- i don't understand what you're talking about pretty yeah. much yeah yeah um i think there's there's been problems from like religious ideology as well yeah. or yeah. things like that yeah. that we've had to overcome yeah. But as far as like our, you know, physical needs um, and uh, health and stuff, it's all been technology. All right. Let's talk about AI. All right. Okay. Yeah. But I, think that's, <laughs> I think that's what people probably want to hear the most about is AI. No, this is this, yeah. this, this, this show is nothing about people. It's all about me. It's all about, it's all about, okay. it's, all all right. about it's all about, it's okay. all about what I want to hear about. Okay. Mm-hmm. But so like uh, one of the things I want to talk to you about, is uh, this the hype in, especially in healthcare? What's the, mm. what is your like? So you've been working in healthcare for a while with in AI, and I know one of my friends who actually like wanted is like involved in AI. He's trying like, you he was he's trying he was trying really hard to get AI going, uh, like get get a AI startup the AI aspect of his startup going. But like now he's just like standard operational optimization and like you know just like nothing really crazy. So. I'm curious, what has your journey been like in this AI healthcare space? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I got into it around uh, 2020 or 2019, and it, it was it was definitely overhyped at that time. Mm. Um, you know, we had jo- uh, Geoffrey Hinton saying like radiologists were going to be replaced in a couple yeah. of years, and yeah, he's making some outlandish claims. Like even in yeah. even, even in right now, like with AGI and stuff, I'm like, damn, bro, chill. I, I, like I'm more of a Leo 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 Kun, Jan Lekun, yeah, Jan Lekun uh, fan <laughs> myself. But anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. It's it's so yeah. I, I think it's generally been overhyped. Um, I, on the other hand, I do think we need to worry about the long-term existential risk. Mm-hmm. So I agree with Jaffrey uh, Hinton in that regard. Yeah, I think I think yeah, but but um, but yeah, it, it it's it's been very overhyped in the sense that the deep learning models, um, they're not really robust. It's really hard to train right now on a lot of medical imaging data from multiple different hospitals um, because it's hard to it's hard to uh, get hospitals to release their data sets right and also a lot of times the the imaging data needs to be labeled um, and it's in expensive. order to label it well you need to have a lot of medical expertise and so you really need doctors to label it and that's time-consuming and but, boring um, i imagine i imagine yeah. like imagine pay, like are you, yeah. are you kidding me like dude dude if i went to yeah. fucking medical, medical school for what six years and then like i practiced for another 10 yeah. years and someone's like hey i want to sit in a room and label uh, eight thousand photos i'll be like fuck you yeah. man 
<laughs> that's what we, I mean, that's kind of what we had to do at NIH uh, when we were developing deep learning models was we needed radiologists to literally label the images and, and also like segment structures like kidney stones or they had to literally like do pixel annotations. Right, right, right. And it's actually crazy how much time they spend on that. Um, fortunately now, um, there are foundation models for segmentation and label, um, that can make it much faster. And so like we have access to a model from Facebook slash meta it's called segment anything. And that can basically it can be used to segment any kind of structure in a medical image. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Like good. Yeah. So, so like things, so things have advanced quite a bit just in the last two years or so, so that it's not quite so overhyped, but it's still overhyped. <laughs> Yeah, that makes so, sense. Like what with is it? What is, and LA, yeah, what yeah. is it good at right now? Like, mm -hmm. like, what are some domains in healthcare that are having legit? There is um, being used. Being used, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why. So the reason I started my current job was I wanted to see how AI is actually being used, right? And actually, like, talk to radiologists and doctors and see like how they're using it. And so that's why I've been able to see that, and um, I was surprised, like how little it's actually being used and um in reality like most hospitals are not using ai at all um where i work you know we're using it um for a few things i'm not sure i can say exactly but a lot yeah. a, a lot of hospitals are just using it for instance for triage right. especially in the emergency room like they had there's an ai model that can identify like brain hemorrhages fairly accurately and so that's useful for identifying those cases really fast so then they get priority and like emergency treatment really fast um, otherwise there might be like a 12 to 24 hour wait before a radiologist will look at right, right. the scan so that's like that's probably the biggest use case um, so it's mostly computer vision based stuff yeah, the biggest use cases are all in, in radiology, mainly for triage of urgent care cases, um, identifying them fast. Um, I'm not really aware of any applications in, like, other areas. I mean, in theory, AI could be very useful for pathology, like identifying different types of cancers in microscope images. Um, but... Unfortunately, like a lot of hospitals, they haven't even digitized their um, pathology. So yeah. they use they use like old fashioned yeah. light microscopes and they don't actually have digital images. So, yeah, there's a long way to go. Right. And it's it's people don't realize like how long it takes to actually deploy something into a hospital. Yeah. Um, yeah. Buildings is stuff. Building stuff is hard. Years. Yeah. Um and uh yeah but there there's yeah I, I i think it's um there's a lot of promise to like foundation models now but um it will it will take several years at least right 
So you, you also wrote great. about you also wrote about the 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 COVID AI hype that happened. What did you uh, learn? What, what did you I wrote about? Well, I wrote about was how there was a um, a lot of papers on AI for detecting COVID. Yeah, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Yes, um, because what happened was there was a lot of extra funding that went in that was given out for COVID projects, and so all the AI researchers. Oh, right. um, pivoted their research to something COVID related, but the quality of a lot of that research was really low. So for instance, there were tons of papers on like detecting COVID in CT scans or x-rays and the quality, but the quality of the work was really low. Right. And also there's not much value to, to that sort of thing because COVID can be detected very easily with a test, you know, like a PCR test. Yeah, so yeah. There was never really any, like, there's never any real point, right? And so I wrote about that. It just, yeah. and, and it's one, the reason I wrote about that was that it's just an example of how we're not doing science funding very, like, strategically. And a lot of money is being wasted just in general on low quality um, biomedical research. Right. So that, that's what I was writing about. Right. Um, right, right. But yeah, it, it, yeah, um, what, the, 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 yeah. The general AI for COVID that that was kind of overhyped. I don't think there was any AI that actually was useful <laughs> during yeah, the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, interesting. <laughs> really, like you know, because I because I, I know quite a few people who want to like because you know I know people who are like studying AI, studying like you know m- machine learning and all these things, and they want to help people. You know, like they want to use their skills mm-hmm. to help people. And the first thing they think about is like, hey, can I do some stuff in healthcare? And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you know, it might because I because I I know some people who actually do this, and I'm like, this is kind of bit of a, it's, it's hard. It's 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 a bit of a mess than you think. Like it's not that straightforward, especially in the in the medical domain. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like the medical domain is generally a little bit slow to to like? to try anything of like new technology and stuff like that or is it just this one thing uh yeah it um i'm not sh- sort of but if 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 there is a technology that's that's actually improves patient care um it will be adopted um uh one of the big issues is just funding because um, our healthcare system is is already like super expensive and yeah um, so and it, uh, everything has to be covered everything is paid through insurance companies for the most part so um, they if if a hospital wants to bring in a new technology um, or in generally. They're gonna. They need the insurance companies to pay for that. Right, right, right. The use of that technology. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, Unless like, it's a technology okay, okay. where it's like saving them a lot of money, but yeah, yeah. So that that's a big issue. Is just how do how like figuring out how to pay for things. Um. But yeah, if something like all the doctors and radiologists I've met, they they tend to be pretty excited about technology and very interested in it. Um, especially radiologists, um, 
radiologists um, have um, they vote. You know, I think they they spend all day like just on the computer. So they tend to be a little bit nerdier and <laughs> more yeah. into like <laughs> computer stuff. And and so and um, they recognize a lot of the stuff they do could be automated. Right. So radiologists have always always kind of been really interested in AI and all the ones I'm, I work with are very excited about AI. And I feel like a lot of doctors are excited about AI and technology too, right, but right, right. it has to like, it has to clearly benefit the patient in yeah. order for, yeah. Which honestly, a lot of stuff in academia doesn't really have yeah. much benefit. So. Yeah. so, okay. So like, so this is another thing I've been grapp grappling with quite a bit, like just this, like, cause I, I like, I, I believe in the idea of academia. Okay, I believe mm -hmm. in uh, and like I really enjoy being in academia. Like this is like this is like me coming back to academia for the second time after after being in the industry for like five years, right? I did my first degree in the U.S. I went back to Sri Lanka. I worked for a while, a bunch of different companies. Then I was like, man, I want to go back to school, learn some, learn like learn some more fundamental things from the beginning. And I, and I enjoy the process of learning. I enjoy being in school, and I enjoy the environment. I enjoy doing research, but the incentive structure is. Is, is yeah. makes no sense to me like this uh you know like make the like the number go up like just just push papers out mm -hmm. that for the sake of putting papers out i'm like what the hell that's not that's not what i that's not that's that that seems ooh, yeah that seems gross yeah. <laughs> personally yeah and that's that's um that's a issue that that i ran into as well it's that which is that there's a there's pressure to just publish lots of papers. Yeah. And what do um, you say? Like whenever a metric becomes a target, it, it ceases to be a good metric. Yeah. <laughs> That's the uh um what's it called? The law. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it immediately stopped being a good heart's law. Good yeah, heart's exactly. law. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's what's happening, and I feel like. Yeah. Um yeah, that that we don't have like uh, granting, granting agencies. Um, they kind of just look at paper output and and what journals you published, and they don't necessarily if evaluate broader impacts. And that's a big problem. And then another problem is just that, um, we're 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 not like investing in large scale clinical trials right. for things. You mean long term, the things that so take a long time, or like large ones? So, like for instance, in brain imaging, a lot of the the trials um, for new diagnosis techniques or other things, they're way too small. They only have like twenty people in them, oh, which right, right. <laughs> so the data is really noisy yeah. and yeah. yeah, and it it and and so it's hard to get good um, statistics, basically. Yeah. What about yeah. okay? So what about uh, AI in terms of like mo like molecular des design and like uh, mm. uh, medicine, um, you know, like you know, gene genomic stuff? What's the potential? I, I don't really know much. So I don't know much about genomics. Um, as far as like AI for drug discovery, um, I I. I yeah, I, I wrote a whole, I wrote a paper about that, but it it's kind of out, 
it's probably outdated now because I wrote it in like 2018. Yeah. But at that time, like the state of the art was like reinforcement learning. Um, right. Um, but what pe- people don't realize is like, um, d- d- bio- like molecules are, are very finicky in the sense that like changing like one or two atoms can change the the way it interacts with the body like dramatically yeah and so it's not like a simple optim like if you're optimizing a molecular structure to bind to a certain target in the body it's not like a simple optimization problem where you know you have a smooth surface yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah, just yeah it's like if you change it one atom it can change everything dramatically so it's like that that makes it challenging and also the so there's kind of been like two approaches or three approaches like one is like physics-based simulation one is like a heuristic approach and then one is like a machine learning ai approach and they all are i mean when i looked in 2018 they're all like they're all like still viable approaches. Right. It wasn't like the AI was. Um, so really what is better. like, what is like the general, like without any, like, so what is the traditional journey like to develop a medicine? It's long, right? It's long and expensive. It takes billions of dollars. Like I heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, what is the, it, like what it, is it, like, what is that what is the what is the most like in the most expensive part of all that like is it like the actual discovery I think, of the, I thing, think the most ex- the most expensive is probably the the clinical trials right right especially okay. the the phase three trial right, which right. um you know where you where you actually have to find patients that fit the the um the criteria and and administer the trial that is probably the most expensive um uh, and so you, when you get to that stage, you want to make sure that the, it's very likely to work. Right. That right, stage. right. Yeah. Right. Um, so, but it's, uh, yeah. Um, there's this phenomenon where the cost of getting a drug to market has been like going up exponentially. Really? <laughs> um, they call yeah, it that air sucks. rooms that, law. That... Yeah. Air rooms law. Um, that sucks. I'm not. Yeah, I've been. I've been. It, that's kind of interesting. I've been meaning to look into that. Um, some people say it's it's due to um, like stricter regulations, but um, I I don't I don't think that's the main reason. I th- I, I think it may be just that we've we found like the low hanging fruit. So, like, most drug discovery so far has been just modifying existing things. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it, like, like, you have a drug that, that like, you know, um, like in psycholo- psychiatry, a lot of the drugs are just modifications of existing drugs. Right. And, and so over time, we're, we've been picking all the low-hanging fruit and all the easy things that can be done and now right, we're getting right. to the point where it's I mean, actually think about it you know, harder <laughs> much harder things we need to we need to, to make progress we need to do harder things 
So I think right. that probably explains a lot, but but also the the regulations. Um, uh, I mean, it's definitely got a lot stricter in 1962 or 1963, and then um, in the 1990s or early 2000s, there were some issues with statins, I think, and and the FDA got a lot stricter then. So right. Yeah, that's a big part too. And okay, so about about AI and like you know, I, I've people like Sam Sam Altman have been to Congress saying we should you know put put clamps on this like get everyone and, and get everyone stop doing so much research and then people are saying ah oh, he wants to just it'll just lead to regulatory regulatory capture and he just wants to have like the whole pie for himself or like Microsoft or whatever whatever the hell it is. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in in the view of you know accelerating humanity like what are, what do you think are like some good leverage points like high leverage points that you know like could that could be affected that would have the biggest impact in terms of getting us past some of these big humps that are looming yeah like the existential risk concerns <laughs> yeah and like and, um, and, and just like you know mm-hmm. how how can we push humanity forward like in terms of like like what domains do you think you know especially ai like do, like uh, what what do you th- what, i mean just just generally what are you thinking about like in terms of what can what's mm. possible what what's excited you and like what's exciting you in the future like in coming up in the future hmm well i mean obviously i think foundation models are exciting as a as an augment to to help humans be more efficient at their jobs and things like that. Um, uh, Having um, household robots that can do different tasks, that would be, that would be huge. I don't think we need to build like a godlike AGI. Yeah. I think that, I think we should not do that. I think that that's dangerous. I think we should be focused on, um more slightly more narrow um mm. systems that they can still do a lot of different tasks but they they they're not like uh um they're not like true and they're not like AGI that that's doing trying to be creative and and um uh and or um like following a certain goal another dangerous thing is like following a certain goal like just trying to optimize a single goal uh you had Kal- Eliezer Kowski has talked a lot about yeah, like yeah, how yeah. just yeah, just yeah. having an agent that optimizes a particular reward function is really really dangerous so i think we should not <laughs> not just focus on that sort of ai but have more general tool ai like right. you know like gpt4 it's it's not an agent it's not it i mean it, you can think of it like it's trying to predict the next word but it's not um it it doesn't have any like reward um that that's really just during during training it's trying right. to improve itself it's not like trying to get better and better or pursue some sort of goal Right. And so I think that's the kind of AI that's dangerous. Um, right. And I, th- I think we should just, we should be super careful with that sort of AI. Um, but I don't want to like 
over-regulate AI or stop developing AI because I think you can have like other AI that's just a useful tool. I also like robots, household robots. Um, they can just like mimic uh, human tasks. Um, I agree, yeah. And, and yeah, so <laughs> that that's kind of what I'm excited about. Um, what about the Connectomics uh, project, like the, the direction, people trying to, trying to model the human brain? Do you think that's going to lead us somewhere? Uh yeah yeah that's something I've been I've been interested in um, mostly several several years ago I'm I'm trying to get more into it now but um the uh um there's in in theory you could have a a emulation of of a human brain and then that could um essentially um be used for different tasks. Like, Wouldn't that be crazy? Like um, it, it, it's a complicated subject because yeah, yeah. we don't like, know imagine... if they're going to be conscious or not. Yeah, exactly. And like, like yeah, there's a lot of unknowns about that. That would that that would be pretty nuts. Like if 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 mm -hmm. that's all it took, like that would be pretty nuts. Like if if all it took was just like a perfect replication of, of a digital replication, and then we just like stick, and we just like you know like pinged it with the, with that first first uh, neuron pulse. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh shit, this thing's alive. <laughs> like, I I don't know. That would be that would be pretty. That would be. I feel like that would be pretty pretty ridiculous if that happened. I feel like there's some <laughs> there might be some other sauce that might be required to make that happen. But who knows? I think it's worth finding out though. Yeah, and I I I think it's um. You know, there there's a guy I'm kind of friends with named Logan Collins. Yeah. Logan, his middle name's Thrasher, so Logan Thrasher Collins. <laughs> uh, it's kind of a cool name. Yeah. But he's uh, he's um, he's been a proponent of um, doing connectomics to simulate insect brains, like flies, and maybe other insects. Um, and he has a paper about that. And then more recently, he's he's written about how by combining existing technologies we could uh, map the entire brain at like um, 80 nanometer or 60 nanometer resolution which would be enough to map all the synapses and and most you know most of the um, dendrites and things yeah so you know it, it mapping the the entire human brain it's more feasible than you might think it it could be done theoretically it could be done in about a year at a cost of several million dollars right now <laughs> according to logan collins uh calculations so actually the bad. um yeah. yeah the foresight institute um which is an organization i'm kind of affiliated with they actually have a uh, workshop coming up on on that topic and um i i think it's i think it's it's quite exciting. I, again, there's a lot of open questions about whether whether the simulated brain would be simulated at the right at the enough detail, and um, that's really an open question right now. And and then there's the question of whether it would be conscious or not. But I I, I think it's definitely worth um, investing in i mean we're, we're hardly investing any money into it right now but i, I think we should be studying we should be researching that a lot more 
at the very least you could um preserve people's brains and then have like a realistic kind of yeah simulation of that person i'm just re- I'm, um, I'm just about i'm just about to get done reading a neuromancer uh like just on yeah, the, yeah. on the last last couple uh pages now it like uh, you know yeah, they have that in neuromancer they have the yeah what are they called artilex or yeah yeah they're like uh, construct like the, the flatline constructs yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so constructs like where yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so like you know it's funny like in that book like there are a couple times i had to, I had to like flip flip forward to the front page to just to make sure when this book was published i'm like holy shit 1984 like that's 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 a pretty that's that this is pretty good um yeah <laughs> and that book was way ahead of its time yeah 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 that, it was pretty that good that book was yeah well, probably one of the most fresh and unbelievable like yeah like like like, like yeah. some of the like so like you know like there's one there's one part where he's asking so there's this there's this uh, construct of a hacker that, that's stored in like a, basically a model of the hacker's brain like that they steal and they and this guy can talk to and then mm-hmm. he asks uh, the he asks the construct like hey are you conscious and then he basically describes himself as a as a language model and I'm like dev that's huh that's pretty interesting mm-hmm. I was like this guy knew what's up <laughs> I was like yeah, yeah. Cool. I'll have to look at that yeah that I read that book like in in like twenty or two thousand six or something. Yeah, I'm so just it's been a while, stuff. but yeah, I'm just getting into yeah, stuff. Yeah, that was one of my favorite books. When I, yep. Yeah, for sure. All right, I'm not gonna take up much more of your time, and I want to thank you a lot. This has been awesome. Uh, thank you so much for like sitting down and talking to me. Um, yeah, like. Do you have any advice for yeah. like uh, for like people who are like in academia or like young or like people mm. like because like who who want like I know a couple of friends quite a few of my friends who are like in school right now with me as well and 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 trying to think like okay like where can I what can I do to have some impact and I don't want to just be like publishing papers for no good reason mm-hmm. like oh, any advice for someone who's well I, I I mean I think my advice for young people like in their 20s would be um for most there's for most people i i I feel like the the advice i would give would be to go try to join a startup Mm. um because that's where a lot of new really genuinely new things are happen a lot when you get into big organizations it's much harder to make like new things happen really fast. So startups seem to be where a lot of this stuff, a lot of the the new breakthroughs occur, like open AI, like Google had the transformer architecture, but they didn't really develop it. Whereas a small startup like open AI was the one that developed it. Right. So I I would, I would encourage that. And the thing, and the other thing is like, it gets, when you get older and you get into your thirties, um, it, you start to like want to settle down more and you have more, you become more tied down to a particular place and, and thing. So where, so working in a startup becomes less attractive because there's a lot of risk in, in being in a startup. Most startups fail after like a year or two. Right. Um, but I think in your twenties is like the best time to, to be involved in a startup. Yeah, I agree. And and I would even encourage people to like consider founding their own startup or venture. Right. 
Um, yeah, it's crazy. I think that's like, where you can have the biggest impact. Now, there you can have impact in academia as well, but um, I think it's much harder, and you have to have a um, you have to really get lucky. Also, right, <laughs> I feel right, like, right. Um, and and then, um, but um, yeah, that would be my general advice. But it really I depends on the person. Some people are not suited for startups. Yeah. Some people are more suited for academic work or communications type work or policy work. Or, so yeah, yeah, it really depends. All right. Cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. I know that was pretty vague, but... No, no, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, um, it's hard to give general advice. I know, I know. That's the worst yeah. thing. Worst thing is general advice. Like the best... <laughs> you, you want, when you want an advice, you want to have specific... Targeted, targeted advice. That's the general um, advice is the worst. But, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot. I enjoyed. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah. This has been a one deeper podcast. Thanks for joining, and I hope you learned something. Catch you again next time.